on tonight's episode of the Superhero Show Show. We'll find out if Cassie hates season two of The Boys as much as she did the first. And we're going to say goodbye to the Hargreaves and Umbrella Academy. And finally, the winner of the Best Actress Shushy. All of that and more on the all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I'm here to just, I'm the host, and I'm here to guide you, take your little baby hand, and lead you through all this land of comic book TV. But you know what? Even I get lost sometimes, so I've had to bring some guides here to help me and take my little baby hand. So guide number one is Ryan. How's it going? I love the way that you do that because that makes it seem like there were a bunch of superhero show show episodes where you were by yourself mm-hmm. being like, uh, and then, and then I don't know, there was this other show. I don't remember the name where this one actor was like, punch, punch, I guess. I don't know. I don't fucking care. <laughs> it would be exactly like that. Be like, there was some people and they did some comic book things. And you know what? It was okay. It was decent at best. You know, comic book things. You know, like punching, kicking, and like getting bit by spiders. Comic book things. That's all of it. And that other voice you heard was guide number two. Mike, how's it going? Good. I really liked the, the intro. The, take our listeners by their little baby hands mm-hmm. so they don't get lost in the land or fall into the sand. They can watch all these shows on demand. Uh, I liked the go. flow of it. I liked oh, the man. flow of it a lot. Uh, we never tell people what we were talking about right before we recorded, right? Like that's, all, that's on break. Nobody will ever hear that. But we were talking about hiking. And I, I, I like how Cassie is about to go on a hike, right? Like an yeah. hour-long mm-hmm. hike. And then we are the two people who are like, yeah, hiking's no big deal, bro. Let's do this. Let's get this done. Here's a water <laughs> bottle. Here's a second water bottle. Oh, I just threw a water bottle down the cliff because I don't give a shit. I'm a hiker. <laughs> do you guys have little snackies for me, though? Because that's the most important part. You know I get hangry. Hell yeah. Does it have to Hell be trail yeah. mix? It's got to be what? Yes, it's got to be trail mix. Or like a, a, a think bar. A think bar? Look at yeah. this! Look at this guy. Let me ask you guys this: What shoes do you wear? I only sort of wear uh, Converse all the time, which is not great for hiking. Do you guys change your shoes if you're going on a hike? Hell yes! I have. I mine aren't great; they're just running shoes. Mike changes yeah, into uh, Doc Martens that have Raven or uh, from DC Comics painted on them. Cassie, do you have something different? It used to be just Vans, but then it turned into my running shoes because I stepped it up just a little bit, just enough to be respectable. The the thing about the Doc Martens is they really dig in. The extra weight, one, works out the gams, and mm-hmm. two, it's hard to fall when your legs are half an inch into the dirt. Well, two also, for the gams, one for the yams. That's what they say. Yeah, and that's my snack, too. I just have, I fill my camel, I dump the water. Raw yams. Bag, <laughs> fill it with yam, smashed yams and try to suck that through the straw. You're like a fucked up Popeye who just like pops a can of yams. But the thing I is, is so that your face. yams all the time than spinach. Your face dictates that it's water. So when somebody's like, hey, can I have a sip? You're like, sure. And then they put that <laughs> straw in their mouth and they're eating straight fucking yams right to their brain. And it is like, have you ever gone to like the place with the milkshake, 
milkshake's so thick, you're like, why did you even give me this straw? <laughs> like that is, it, it's hard to suck a yam through that camelback straw, but I can do it. But I get it, bro. My legs are tired. My dogs are barking. Sun is out. It's super hot. All I want is a fucking thick suck of some good ass yams. That is what yeah. I want. Oh, you know what daddy's having for dinner tonight. <laughs> I regret going on this hike with you guys. This hike, this whole journey is just like it happens so quick. Just like four minutes in, it happens. It's a miracle every time. But you, but- Cassie, you like your yams to be very chilled. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And so that's your issue. We all love mashed yams. But like me and Mike eat them hot and then you like them cold. Like a baby does? Only baby eats cold mashed vegetables. I said take my baby hand, Mike. Take my baby hand on this hike. I am the baby. I thought you were the guide leading the baby's hands. I didn't realize you had tiny creepy baby hands. Also, we should probably let let people know that Cassie is a 7'3 woman with baby hands. And it's... I guess we're used to it, right, Mike? Our- it's unsettling when you realize. Like, it's easy to forget, and then she'll, like, point at something. Yeah, like, oh, well, she's always pointing at us. <laughs> it's, I just got to remind you guys every once in a while. I like to keep you guys on edge, and that's just with my presence, and I think that's cool. The thing but- is, is that, like, it, you point and you slap. We get slapped a lot, and it doesn't yeah. hurt at all because of the size of your hands, but we have it's to react like, oh, ow, oh, ow, oh, no. You don't want baby to feel bad. And that is so nice of you guys, just appeasing me. But speaking of appeasing, we're going to talk about the boys' season <laughs> premiere when they have to appease Homelander. What's up with that transition? That's what we're talking about for the main event. Nice. But first off, but before we get to that, we're going to talk about the Umbrella Academy real quick. Okay, we're back for the Umbrella Academy. Mike, what was happening this week? In the season two finale of the Umbrella Academy... The siblings are wanted by the FBI in connection to the JFK assassination. The Thai Bureau sends literally every agent after them, and it turns out Lila is also one of the 43 babies with powers. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Before we get to whether or not the show stuck the landing, how is Umbrella Academy coming off as a postmodern commentary on superhero stories? Oh, shit. Were they trying to do that? I would say not at all. I would say that they're uh, trying to be exactly superhero shows and it did that right it did do that you don't think it's commenting on x-men at all or other ones like the <laughs> fighting an apocalypse every season no i i think it's like uh oh x-men did this every season so we can as well and then just did that as opposed to like actually commenting on it what would what do they have to say about it i don't know i think it might just be <laughs> i think more i think the the, the take is like commentary but what it is is just a modern retelling how it, it appeared to me is that uh the first season was not x-many enough and then they made this one more x-many and i liked it i dig i dug it i really did but it's not commenting on anything it's not saying Cassie. anything anything at all except for strong daddy issues that's the one thing you can get from every show we watch for sure i don't know about the and comic it- industry but it's it's got some daddy issue messages for sure and X-Men had that, but didn't really deal with it. I would say this deals with the issues of this shitty leader. At least maybe older X-Men issues didn't deal with it. Now, everybody deals with how Charles is a fuck. But Yeah. But now they're doing something. And, like, speaking of those, like, daddy issues, that opening scene of, like, Ben's funeral, like, I thought Stargirl was going to be the most savage, like, daddy issues episode we had when they, like, straight up gassed a baby to make him not cry. But, man, this funeral was rough. Yeah, where you start your eulogy and then end it in telling all the siblings it's their fault their brother's dead because they'll never be good enough. Holy I, crap. No, I love that. I love, like, uh, this person is dead. 
And it's all of your fault, you stupid idiots. You 12-year-olds, you dumb, dumb 12-year-olds. He straight up was like, look around, remember this moment. It was like that like drunk driver speech that you got in school. It was like, look to your right, now look to your left. It's because of those fucks by you that this child is dead. It was so unreal. We are burying one of your brothers. Some of you look like the people that you will become 15 years from now. Some of you look nothing like what those actors will look like. But either some of way, you for some reason, are played by a different actor than the same age that you could be now. But either but, way, this uh, sibling is dead, and it's your goddamn fault. And then, yeah, that's probably hard on like a 12 year old kid to deal with. Probably a little rough, but the scene was great for us because, Ryan, are you ready for a victory moment? We got Pogo, motherfucker. How does it feel, Mike? You said we wouldn't get Pogo, and guess what we got? Pogo. But he was like, he like he walked up to the camera and he was like, "Yeah, what's up, I'm Pogo," and then went away, and that was it. That's all we got. Yeah, that's all it, I need personally, just a little taste of Pogo. It does mean I do want one of you at my funeral to get up there, look like you're going to give a eulogy, and then very sadly say. Someone else will give the eulogy because it was so weird for Pogo. Like Hargreaves needed an introduction at a funeral; he couldn't just go up and start. Well, Cassie, let's let's bring this to you. Uh, Mike's wife's name is Renee, and Mike is going to die very soon. Renee's going to go up to give the uh, first eulogy. Do you really think that I'm going to interrupt her and then bust in with my own eulogy in the middle of Renee's eulogy? Yes, one hundred percent. Yes. Wait, so you're so bringing an off-air conversation to this, right? I on brand. Because <laughs> that is what Renee is convinced of. I'm pretty sure she now has pause lines, just in case Ryan interrupts. She'll, she won't get too lost. She'll be like, all right, I, I was expecting that here. But just so everybody at Mike's funeral should know that I'm going to have a giant, like uh, a furry Mike costume. I'm going to be Mike as a furry yes. running up to the stage, giving himself his own eulogy, which I think With a is- giant Mike-sized head. Yes. I'm going to look uh, amazing. <laughs> and that's what's important to take away from that. He's going to look so good in that. Also, uh, what's weird is I'm going to have a comically large uh, like needle of heroin, and then I'm going to put that in my arm, and then everyone at the funeral is going to be is going to think that Mike just did heroin, and he never <laughs> yeah. did. But now <laughs> they're always going to make like, that. Oh, we were told heart attack, but I guess he died from heroin. But it, it, it's not because of any actual information. It's because a com- uh, comically large sized needle of heroin. This is guys. This is going to be awesome. You're taking a caricature artist's mentality to, to my eulogy <laughs> costume. I'm into it. Sure. Mike had a giant head, but he could surfboard while he juggled. <laughs> were you guys surprised? So, like, the, the a lot of stuff happened in this episode, despite what we're talking about right now. Uh, when Lila revealed, like, she started shooting their powers back at them, were you like, no way? Or were you like, now I know why the handler killed her parents all those years ago? Did it click right away? I was just super excited about it because I didn't know, like, that whole scene was super cool. Like, as soon as they brought in, like, all the, like, people from the Time Bureau. I can't remember what they're called. Commission? Nope. Don't remember them. But it, like, was it's super like briefcase holders. Yeah, with the briefcase yeah. men. But, like, you know, we see, like, these thousands of them. And it felt, like, daunting in that moment. But you know they have Vanya. So it's hard to, like, feel skeptical about a fight when you have Vanya. So that was, like, the only way to combat it. And, like, in that moment, I was just, like... Super excited for it. So it didn't immediately then, hit for me because I was just stoked about it. That's the thing. Yeah, is so, that like uh, uh, the handler, uh, uh, number five was like, you and what army? And the handler was like, this one. And then there was like. Good response. 20,000 <laughs> of them. But in classic like Star Wars Stormtrooper uh, world, they cannot hit shit. They cannot no. shoot at anything. And then Vonnie came out and destroyed all of them. Yeah, Vonnie destroys all of them and only the handler and Lila sitting there. 
And then there's a white glow thing. And you're like, well, they use technology all the time. What's happening? And then Lila starts to float up Vanya style. And everybody's just like, what? <laughs> Vanya's right back at her. Especially Vanya, who's like, oh, no, come on. This is my no, thing. it's my thing. <laughs> you can't do this. And now Harlan's thing, because I infected him with it. <laughs> there was, it was super cool to see her use, like, all the powers. I'm glad we got to see her use, like, every single one of them. They were like, I think she can reflect the powers. And they really let you know, like, yes, she can do them all. And that, I was down for yeah. it. But it was- and I like that commenting on this is commenting on I think superhero stuff is Klaus says she can only mirror one of her powers at a time so they're making plans if somebody wait goes wait are you sure about that he's like yeah. I just I don't know <laughs> I assumed Allison said are you sure that she can only do one of our powers and then we never get to that again you know it's right. it's another thing of like the umbrella academy like good idea no landing yeah but a lot happened I mean then the handler just shoots them all and they die and then we get fun time travel with an Uzi with a one hand Uzi guys I shoot Uzis all week every week you can't do it with just one hand come on it will go everywhere yeah you can't control that but did you guys like believe in even for a second that they were gonna stay dead like did the shock factor of that get you at all not for a second it was shocking but I wasn't like oh are they really dead it was shocking Mm. but I was like what's gonna happen and then what I do like is I I think on all counts, this season is better than the first season. But the the little seeds of why Lila exists at all, and then Hargreaves telling Five, like, well, yeah, you keep trying to shoot decades in your time travel. It's uh, try seconds. He goes, that's worthless. And then he's like, oh, I'm dying. It's not worthless. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That, like, Lila was about to come on, right? Like, they're like, no, Lila, you're one of us. Come over here. And then the gunshots happen. That was shocking. But the fact that they uh, all died and did not stay dead, that was not shocking right. at all. Yeah. It Our... was cool to see him like channel his powers, though. I'm glad that they like got that. It was a, It's like a convenient plot point, but it was cool to finally see him like get that. I also love watching, like, number five came back alive and then ran through time in slow motion, which is the same way that I run in real life. And it's <laughs> nice to watch somebody run exactly like I do. Well, why aren't you traveling through time when you do it? Good question, Mike. I don't know. I guess you're traveling slowly forward in time. <laughs> yeah, slower than you guys. That's why I look so young. Uh, I want to talk about Diego. He has like a personality that is nowhere else in the two seasons of the show in this episode. And I don't know if it's showing how different Diego is when he's not dealing with his family issues and because they remind him of his stutter and him growing up, but his yelling at them of y'all need to recognize I got shit going on. You don't even know about like there was a, a hood in his tone. He'd never had before. And then him and Herb's secret handshake that went on forever. Yeah. Well, what is the weirder Diego moment for you? Is it the one where he says, uh, no, we will not be fighting for you in your, uh, Hey Vanya, we don't give a shit. Or is right. it the one where he, uh, he used to be good at throwing knives and now he can just control all bullets and he's basically Neo from the Matrix. That they was did. weird because I, Cassie, go. Did they show that in the first episode though? Was that in the beginning intro when the? I have see never the seen that shit before. Okay. I think in the apocalypse he was doing stuff like that. Oh really? Damn. But it was like so quick, and then they started. The, that was like the cold open, so and yeah. it was hard to watch because they were X Mening all over the place. But like I uh, thought, I thought his power was like Hawkeye or Green Arrow, where like yeah. I can, I can make. Actual weapons right. move in a weird way. And instead, he's like, oh, no, I am telepathic and can make bullets go out of the sky. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's again, I may be commenting, but lazy commenting like comics often do. Like, it's his second mutation of 
well, it's not just that Hawkeye and Arrow are good. It's that they could control things even if they don't know it. Diego does know it. And so take that the next step is he can control any weaponry near him, which is pretty cool. Like, as a comic nerd, I want to see that more now. Yeah, it makes it weird. It is weird to come out of nowhere. That's like, because everybody shits on, like, Hawkeye and everything. So they're like, let's step this guy up. There's already so much ammo to make fun of this guy. Let's give him at least one cool power. Everybody shits on Hawkeye, but it's mostly Thor. The amount that Thor just takes a fucking fat dump on Hawkeye is insane. You can't stop. He's giant. But the guy, the very end of this, we did see, we saw the effects of, like, their time jumping and, like, changing the whole timeline and everything, which resulted in kind of their erasure when they go back to their timeline. Mm-hmm. And we and get the I love opposite. the motherfucking cockiness of, like, oh, no, we did it right, and everything yeah. will be okay. Right? It, it, it'll just be fine. There was so much stuff that was different, and they're like, we're going to go back and go back to my normal house, enjoy a nice meal. I was like, no way. There's absolutely no way. Yeah. Let's uh, just have a nice meal. <laughs> for once in our fucking lives daddy's home and alive uh remembers you from the 70s or the 60s does not like you and has a different wave of kids and ben is alive but still a teenager All it's right. madness let's talk about ben uh did the creators of the umbrella academy season two watch spider-man 3 do they understand what that hair will do to a superhero <laughs> well, is, is, is the... ben gonna dance through the streets like a motherfucking punk rocker ben had such great hair throughout this season that I, I think they're trying to show the, the the good influence of his other siblings. If they were not in his life, he would stupid emo hair, even in 2019. Like he was still listening to Forever the Sickest Kids or whatever stupid fucking band. That was, you pretty much know that that's the worst one. You've done it. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, it was like, you guys got the good bin. Look at this shit bin. They, that's all they gave us was shitty bin because that's all we needed. Oh, yeah, man. He's like, Dad, who are these assholes? <laughs> so many times growing up... We don't even know that know they're assholes. He just immediately like, said yeah. assholes. So many times growing up, people I never knew came into my house. I did not say, parents, who are these assholes? I would wait <laughs> to judge them. I just remember <laughs> I, I, like, thinking about like tiny, half as tall as he is, emo Mike, right? 12 years old, <laughs> hair over one of his eyes, uh, purple fanny pack, secured tightly, mailman comes and puts mail mail in the mailbox and he's like who's this fucking asshole hey parents <laughs> who's this fucking asshole like it's just a machine. normal person <laughs> i would go back and do this this is such a good move i wish i could go back in time and do this but who do you think so we do have this Hargreaves who like remembers these kids in the past which means like he saw these like the effect that he had as a shitty parents on this group do you think he switched up his like parenting style at all with this Sparrow group? Or do you right, think it's still like a fucked up group? We had like three times uh, throughout this uh, season where Hargreaves was just like, I have no kids and I will never have kids. But eventually like he's starting to think like, oh, what if I do have kids, right? Is that what changed everything? Is them saying like, no, you have kids, dude. This is it. Mm-hmm. And then he made the, the Sparrow Academy. The Sparrow Academy. I, don't, I bet they're still not great. I bet they're not healthy. He's an, <laughs> he's no an alien who doesn't care about humanity (laughs) i'm sorry for laughing right in the mic like that (laughs) uh i bet in season three vanya is gonna be like a kardashian she's gonna be like oh my god whatever like i have powers and it's totally fine yeah vanya is gonna be the exact opposite i'm a sparrow it'll be cool to see her with like if they like let her be a part of it and like she gets to fully develop her powers it's gonna be cool to see them like go up against each other as this young one who is maybe part of the team but fuck, but, man, and we're, we're going to talk about this later with the boys, but uh, if your power is arrows and your, your, your quiver only has so many arrows, 
I don't want to go up against somebody whose eyes turn white and can control all of time and space. Like that and is life. Yeah, she can give life back and take and give powers. Those are different powers. <laughs> They're a different wavelength. Yeah. Oh, all uh, of those forty-three babies are not created equally. Cassie, before we go, uh, I have a little quiz for you guys. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of deleted scenes from season two of the Umbrella Academy. Uh, we've talked a lot about how the needle drops aren't super uh, clever. So I'm going to give you guys a description of a uh, deleted scene from Umbrella Academy season two. And you guys tell me what song was supposed to play. Uh, first one. Vanya complains about the lack of satisfaction that she is receiving. Cassie. Cassie. Uh, is it called I Can't Get No or I Can't Get No Satisfaction? It is. I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Good job. I was going to see R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Next one. Uh, Vondi complains about the lack of people asking her what's going on. Mike. Mike? What's going on? It is what's, what's going, going on. on. That's good. <laughs> All right. Mike, lock in. Here we go. Vondi complains about how she got word. Wait, hold on. How she got the word respect at the spelling bee and now she has to spell respect. Oh man, Cassie! Cassie, right underneath him. Respect, R E S P E C T. It is respect, no, Cassie. If you R E S P E C T E D me, you would have let me get that one. Mm-mm, you took too long. I saw the opportunity. Number four, uh, number five says they should stay at this hotel. The word California is written at the top of the hotel. Mike, Mike, Hotel California. It's Hotel California. Number uh, uh, next one. The Hardcrees meet someone named Jude. But they don't know the right words to greet that person that is named Jude. Hey, Cassie. Cassie. <laughs> hey, Cassie. Hey, Jude. <laughs> hey, Cassie. Uh, it is Hey, Jude. <laughs> Cassie. Uh, number seven. Uh, in the middle of a superhero clash. In the middle of a superhero <laughs> clash. The Hargreaves get a phone call from someone. It's someone from London. It's London Calling is probably this song. I, I haven't heard a used. name yet. Is that Mike. Mike, yeah, go ahead. It's probably London Calling. It's London Calling by The Clash. Uh, while trying to, small, trying to throw small fruits at each other, they tell Johnny that they don't want him to be bad. Mike. Mike? Hey, Johnny, don't you be bad. <laughs> Incorrect. You remember that old hey, song? Uh, Cassie? Cassie, yeah. Hey, hey, Johnny, don't throw tiny fruit at us. Okay, so... Uh, throwing tiny fruits is Chuck Berry, and it's Johnny B. Good. God damn it, guys. Uh, next one. The Hargreaves are hanging out with Otis Redding, and they are on the bay. More specifically, it's the dock of a bay, and they are all sitting on that dock of the bay. Mike. Mike? Sitting on the dock of the bay. That is correct. And then finally, a, a blimp made of metal, in other words, a Led Zeppelin. Opens up a hole to the sky, and then stairs come down. The stairs lead to heaven. It's a stairway to heaven. Cassie? Cassie? Is that stairway to heaven, Ryan? That is stairway to heaven, yeah. No, it's no satisfaction. I think Cassie Cassie won that one. Good job. Well, you guys, we got to wrap it up. This is of all the time, but real quick, you know we got to ask it. Did they stick the landing? Yeah, I am... So I, I fell in love with this family in a way I didn't think I could ever the first season. I loved this season. And that the epilogue, I'm pumped to see how they deal with all their mistakes. I think so, too. I, I think this was way better than the first season. And, yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. It was and Ben's finally alive. I'm excited for him. We get shitty Ben. I'm excited to see the difference between shitty Ben and also just, like, the family closer together. I think that's what really set this season apart. So I am excited for that one. Um, that is all the time we have to talk about it, though. 
it'll probably it's going to be back on Netflix, I'm sure. And coming up next, we are going to be giving away some shishies. We are back and we are here for the shishies because it is shishy season. It's what we're celebrating. It's what we are all about. Ryan, which award are we giving away today? Uh, Cassie, this is the second to last one. The last one is best show, which is a rough one because we're going to rank all of the shows next week. That's that's a huge oh, task. Man. I also don't know top. if I'm ready to say goodbye to the shishies. I know, me neither. I love this, but tonight is best actress. It's my favorite six months of the year. Uh, last year, it was Diane Guerrero who won for Doom Patrol. I think that's appropriate, right? Yeah, yeah. It's still- she crushed last season of Doom Patrol. Your first nominee. Because there's nuns in the show, and that's all we watch is Alba Batista from Warrior Nun. Is this Warrior Nun's first nomination? It is. I was going to say it, it had to be, but uh, that's not true. It could have been nominated all this season. But looking at it, it's not a great show. It is a great performance. Yeah, uh, it's... I'm... Go for Cassie, it, Mike. Go. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll go. Go. Shut up. Go. It was like just... That was... This one makes sense because it was she was the only part that made that show. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't great, so it's hard not to like. This makes sense that it is the only one for the show to be nominated for because it's the only thing worth giving an award to was her. You guys kept going through. I I, I sort of bailed, but you guys kept watching the series, and uh, you guys were like, "Yeah," and then nuns are like warriors, but still, Alba Batista for <laughs> sure, right? Like she is the best part of the show. And, and not just that she is the best part by far. I'm so glad that a mediocre or worse show didn't drag her ratings down. Like, she did such a good job. She, she, I think she's going to go far, this kid. Well, Melissa Benoist was not nominated for this award, and that sort of upsets me because Supergirl is not a good show, but she is always amazing. Yeah, but now we got Baptista. Your and next nominee is April Bowlby. From Doom Patrol. I've never said the word Bulby out loud. Is that how you pronounce it? Bulby. Yeah, there's no way she got through life without getting made fun of for that last name. It's it's a rough one. Uh, she she was okay last season, and even though last season was better than this season, I think she had more to do this season and, and flourished. Yeah, I think that the uh, key scene is her getting drunk on a porch. You know, like <laughs> when you're when you belong to the Doom Patrol, you have to do a lot of things. You know, you have to travel through time and go into donkeys' assholes, but just sitting there on a porch and trying to be like, I talk like a 40s actress. And then also I'm a normal person. Like that, that's pretty impressive. And it was like, so the previous one was the savior. Like her acting was the savior and her character was the savior of like Doom Patrol in this one. She was the one who we thought was our hero and everything. And the best part of the season for me. So I I had to vote it up. And her relationship with Dorothy, both like, oh, Rita's growing. And then, oh, no, Rita has some of the worst parts of her mother in her. Like, it, yeah. it all worked so well. And would like to pass those down. Uh, my mother was terrible. I would like to, you to be that terrible as well. <laughs> I know exactly uh, what traumatized me. Here you go, kid. Cassie, uh, you and I should probably just take a break. Uh, we have so many voters, but Cassie, you and I are two of those. But I'm not sure it matters right now because your next nominee is Chloe Bennett from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So why don't we just let... This oh horn dog, yeah. Look, sometimes this is called the scent of a woman. Sometimes this is called the training day. Ew. I don't know. Ew. 
what does all of that mean? No, don't it's go gross. that way. It's Keep going. Gross. <laughs> don't the do it. Achievement award. Uh, Al Pacino didn't really get it for that movie. Denzel didn't really get it for that movie. I don't know if Chloe Bennett's best Daisy was in the last season of Shield, but we why we've talked about it a bunch through the years that we watched her learn how to act, and she is really really good now. And like not to like throw Mike under the bus, but Cassie the other day he said, "I bet her butt smells like her feet." What a weird thing to be that's, into, Mike. What a weird. That's, that's, do you want to dig into that? Pretty under the bus. That was that was only you called a bus just so you could throw me under it. <laughs> you know what? I think she did a good job. I think that she was like at the end where she was like up against that. Remember that weird bubble? And she was like, yeah, about to punch the villain. She was like. Oh, I don't give a shit. I'm going to die for my team. I don't know. She did good, right? Yeah. I don't think this is undeserved. Your next one is Diane Guerrero from Doom Patrol. Last year's winner. So this one, just to make sure I have it right, this is Crazy Jane, yeah? Yeah. Yes. Again, you know, we got to give it, when they can play multiple characters, it helps so much. And she, she nails all those characters. A little When she did that full episode, is what is the baby one? Is it just baby? Baby doll. Baby doll. Like, she straight up, like, it was weird to see an adult, but believe it was a child. <laughs> yeah, she nails the weirder ones, right? I think the the more, like, the subtle talent there is the differences between Jane and Miranda. Like, her two most normal personalities that are sort of angry and sort of only people, but can like people like. But they still feel like fully different people, how they physically move through the world. Yeah, and... In this last season, which is not the best season, but we do have that one where she was like, uh, she accidentally married somebody who was into 70s orgies. And that was mm-hmm. the one where she was like, this isn't Crazy Jane. I don't uh, spit words that are like silver-bladed weapons. She's like, oh, man, sometimes you marry the wrong person, you know? And I'm yeah. I'm going through a lot of that right now. Oh, no. Do you <laughs> want to talk about it, bud? <laughs> Uh, there's a couple of people that I want to talk about before I reveal the final nominee. Uh, Sophia Lillis from uh, I Am uh, Not Okay With This, a recently canceled Netflix show, was not nominated for what? She was so good. Best actress. I know. It's so sad. She was like truly delightful to watch in that role. She was just the perfect, like, again, it was her dance moves that like she just stole my heart with her awkward dance moves and her awkwardness. The other one is Jessica Barden from uh, The End of the Fucking World. Is that, uh, like, we like new stuff and we don't want old stuff? No, I also think she had more range in the first season than in this season. <sighs> Your final nominee is uh, Regina King from Watchmen. Then, oh, yeah, I'm... There, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, well, there it is. I'm surprised we didn't talk about Beck Bennett. Uh, oh, Stargirl? Yeah. yeah. Well, come on, guys. Like, Stargirl's a good show, and Luke Wilson's on it, and that's awesome, and the show is awesome. But did she do a good job? She was fine. She, she did okay. Fine, right? So it was like, it's fair. It was an okay job. But Regina King has that name for a reason. Her name means King the King, like, and she King fucking is. It's as if my parents named me President the President. <laughs> it's a good-ass name. All right, but so yeah. you're not... It's just Sorry, a guess. whole other league again. It's so hard when you throw Watchmen into these acting ones. This is it's so unfair. Uh, yeah, to go out and hire actors. Not yeah, cool, it's guys. crazy. Uh, also, what's weird is for every shushy segment for the last like I would say twelve episodes, I have been saying Regina King is going to win Best Actress. So you know that's that ruins the tension for sure. A little bit, but let's see. Let's build that suspense. Your nominees are Chloe Bennett from Agents of Shield. Diane Guerrero from Doom Patrol, 
April Bulby from Doom Patrol, Alba Batista from Warrior Nun, and Regina King from Watchmen. Who's going to win, guys? Yeah, King the King. All right, let me get the envelope. The envelope smells good. It's a crumbly envelope. It's a little soggy. Your winner is Regina King from Watchmen. Is this the most obvious shushy that we have done so far? For sure. Just the amount of warmth. She like she was intimidating and scary the whole show, but still had such warmth and love in her character and never felt off. Like She owned that world. And that episode where she had to go back through where she took the pills, the memory pills... Like that was insane. Like her acting in every like every time I th- thought it was the best acting we'd get out of her, the next episode came out. It was crazy. That's such a good call because on all these shows that we watch, every character, even though they live in a superhero world, every time they see something happen, they're like, "What? No, wait, hold on. What? What's happening?" And she was like, "Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I got this. I'm gonna do this." She did it. Uh, she did it, King of Kings style. Wait, is the King of Kings Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Is she I'm Jesus? She is our Jesus. <laughs> Follow her into the path of light always. And Regina King, you can come pick up your award. Please do. I would love to meet you. It would be an honor. You deserve this one. And next, that is it for this shushy. I can't believe we're getting to the end of it. But uh, coming up next, you guys, our main, main event where we're going to be talking about the boys. <laughs> Amazon Prime recently released the first three episodes of the boys. And we watched the first two for review. Here's what I will say about the episodes. My name's Cassie and I like the boys. No one's making me say that. I like the boys. Everything you've heard otherwise is bullshit. I basically think that the boys is Tolstoy. These two episodes are great and good. Things that rhyme with that are late and tud. Tud. Don't think that's it. So if you hear me talking shit about the boys, it's a lie. Go play with your toys. Taste buds, I ask you this. Did you think that these first two episodes were a little chill based on the end of the season one? And if so, did that bother you? Yes and Bef- no. Before we get to that, I would like to ask you, Mike. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if I'm uh, qualified to pick out the best rapper, mm-hmm. but I do think that I can pick out the worst rapper. Cassie is the worst rapper that has yeah, ever existed in the history good. of the time. I would rather go to a Fred Flintstone rapping concert than Cassie. I was like For Wiggles sure. vibes. I thought it was really good. I thought I took a good turn on it. I just want to switch things if, up. If Cassie, do you need Aussie a beat? Accent, like if we if better. we had a beat, do you oh. think that you could yeah. do that? Do you got a beat for me? Yeah, through through the delay of Zoom. Let's see how this works. <laughs> it's gonna be so good. It's probably that's why I told you I got it in one take and I nailed it. So thank you guys. Do do we want to before we actually dig into a good thoughtful conversation? Do we want to just let Cassie rip for a minute or two about hating it? It's just like, it's just, I do want to know, like, I kind of want to get into conversation about, like, why you guys do like it. Because you guys are generally, like, not giant pieces of shit. So I do want to know what is redeeming about this terrible show. <laughs> that's, that's really hard to respond to. <laughs> is it, like, I don't want to come off condescending. That just mm. is my tone. Is it that this show is about bad people who aren't heroic, so you think it's a bad show? Like, are you not in, uh, interested in seeing bad people be bad? Like, we're all supposed to not like Homelander, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's very Or good. Billy. I think that's what's interesting. Like, it's not like the heroes, are, the, which are the boys, are great people. They're just slightly better than the villains. And then these the two, I, I feel like these two episodes mostly focused on the fact that Starlight is a bad person. Like, what is Starlight going to do in order to, like, do what's right, but also break her morals? And I think that's what the show is about. It's like, 
So I don't think it's like part of the reason I hate it is like it's easy. All this show does is like exploit fear. Like it's easy to write this side of things. Like it's not. It's easy to say like people turn darker, they will go down the wrong path, and you just explo- see how far that goes. Like there's nothing. I will never care about that story. But then also to like constantly make it where like now you said with um, uh, I can only think of Star Girl. It's not her Starlight. Star- um so like now like you said like we're seeing her downturn too but it's a product of like her trying to survive in this like controlled environment which is it sucks to watch but see here's the thing here's why i like the show there's a lot of reasons but here's one example um uh the deep gets a new friend right and it's basically like hawkeye or arrow and he's like and i never understood how few arrows quivers could have and like that's a laugh moment right like yeah i i, I just i never understood and when I watch that, I'm like, I've heard that joke, bro. I know that, like, Hawkeye and Green Arrow, they're not great heroes. But then the next thing that we see is uh, the Deep standing there on a big uh, cutout of the Justice League. But, like, it's faces for the kids. And then he's just standing there. You know, that's where, that's where the jokes come from. The second level joke. Yeah, they, they make the, the first level joke that we've all thought of if you're a comic book fan. And then they go deeper. Uh, sorry. But like, and really hit the if superheroes were real, what kind of like dumb, uh, what what is it NASCAR sponsorship? What kind of dumb sponsorships would they have to do? Yeah, I assume the show sponsored by Fresca. Uh, that also started to get to me that every time somebody walked in the room, they'd offered the deep Fresca. Because the deep was like, yes, I will have that Fresca, <laughs> and then drink it like uh, like somebody from the desert drinking water, just like, mm, God, I love this Fresca. I, I also think that because we, we have Huey and Annie, Annie and Starlight, as the entry points into their different worlds, uh, learning Huey, not by choice, Annie, it's all she's ever wanted, and learning how fucked up the world is, and, and maybe the, the real world is so fucked up you don't want to watch it on TV, but I do find it, I mean, comics have done this a lot, but I don't think TV comics or movie comics uh, have dealt with this story of them, like, how do you not completely lose your moral compass while trying to do the right thing while not get killed? to force the system to be better. Yeah. And uh, in the second episode, we get uh, Butcher about to assassinate uh, the female. What is her name? Kimmy? Uh, let's call her Kimmy. It's uh, Kimoko. Kimoki? Kimoki's uh, brother. And uh, Butcher is about to do it. And then, uh, you know, the main character, Huey, blocks that. And then it's like, well, Butcher is just going to say that all people with powers are terrible. Mm-hmm. So now, like, now we have a conversation, right? Like, now we have a thing. Now we're Huey. Is like, uh, we know we now know that they're that they're bad, but also, are they all bad? And I thought that worked through these first two episodes. And then we get an extra complication with Gretchen, uh, aka Aya Cash from. Fox Let's talk Friday. about her. Let's talk about her. You're the worst. Uh, she is basically playing superhero Gretchen. She's the newest member of the Seven Stormfront, uh, and I do like this Starlight and Stormfront. So, which are you going to get the the very bright, cheerful woman superhero, or the like the dark and broody one who openly thinks it's all bullshit? She she Instagram lives constantly and talks shit on the big corporation. Uh, and then one of my favorite quotes in anything ever that I think everybody needs to hear is "fuck this world for confusing nice with good," right. which is something we bring up often because we're not very nice people. Not we, just you, <laughs> just you. But yeah, important clarification here. But it is like that's like I do. This character was the one part where I like 
it was any light for this episode for me, but I don't like I can't trust the show to not shit on that character. Oh, like, good. See, that was the opposite for me. Like, I hated that character. Mm. I hated how, like, quippy and, like, I talk like this. It's hard to look in the mirror, Ryan. It is. She is very quippy, and that's annoying, but it's the only one that they have be, like, a free-thinking thing who can't, like, she's the only one who has any power over Homelander or Homelander can't completely control. So, like, as, like, me watching that, that's the only character who, like, at all brings any joy to me. Because, like, there's this overarching thing of, like, you just have to submit to Homelander. I guess. And I'm not going to blame Aya Cash. I'm going to blame the dialogue. But, like, every time she talked, she was just like, look how cool I am. It was, uh, no. She had a shaved head, though, Ryan. Look at at how cool she is. Part of her head was shaved. You don't think that's part of the... I mean, she's sitting there mocking their always on. That's her always on is being that punk rock fakeness. I think I do think the show's smart enough that they're going to twist that. We just met her. Mm-hmm. I think this is her caricature. Well, is she just a foil for Star? Uh, not Star Girl. Um, Starlight. 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 It's hard. Or <laughs> is she going to be her actual own character? And so far, I would say, fuck this. This is this sucks. This is boring. We have seen this punk rock like oh. What? Are you all about, like, do you like government? Cool. I don't. I don't at all. I'm going to Instagram instead. Do we really need that? But under, like, a completely controlling uh, government, I do think that's interesting. Like, what what are her powers? We're going to, like, how does she fight back? Is she going to inspire other people to fight back in their own way? But it's not the plot line style. It's the uh, acting and dialogue style. I'm just like, oh, God, I've seen this acting style so many times, and it's always annoying. I've but seen, I, just like I've we, seen her do this. Annie is so different from Starlight. I think Stormfront, whatever her real name, is going to be different than Stormfront. I think the, the difference is we've only met Stormfront on. And her whole thing is, I'm real. And then eventually you're going to figure out she's just that bullshit punk rocker in the anarchist bookstore. Who but, like, we have to sit through it now, though. Like, I'm, like, okay, so here's my impression of... I get cash. Oh, what are you? Not punk rock? I'm punk rock. Hey, did you know I'm punk rock? Hello, I'm punk rock. You're not punk rock and I am. I can't I can't do that dialogue anymore. And it's so fucking it's so bantery. It's so forced bantery. I just think it's an episode and this show's proven to take dumb ideas and twist them that this is her intro. Like she was barely in the first episode. That's why I'm saying one episode of her really in it, Ryan. He's holding up his hands for everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I think sounding they... like a crazy person. I held up my hands and I rubbed my wiener. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but there was we did also between these two episodes we got to see the group of the boys without Butcher as their leader and then mm-hmm. Butcher back in the scene. So how did you guys feel as the team like without Butcher? Butcher, were you glad like instantly glad as soon as he came back? Do you like it better with him? I sort of loved it because I thought that they were going to uh, back away from Butcher and just be on uh, Quaid's what's his name Huey's side. Huey. But they weren't. They were on Kamiko's side. Yeah, that's great. Is the, the is Frenchie and MM are choosing? We think you're both assholes in different yeah. ways, Huey mm-hmm. and Butcher. Like, and now they are openly like they. Before Butcher showed up, they told Huey he's not the one. He says, "I could be the person nobody thinks is awesome," but it turns out they're pretty fucking awesome. And they both look look at him sadly. And then when Butcher shows up, they're like, "We hate him." But he can get things done, so we right. will follow him. Still, we do need a leader at least. So that's this guy. And then just not do the thing of like, oh, you did something very slightly wrong. You're dead to me. No, we need all the people, you know, yeah. right? Like, 
Let's We're fighting hit. the superpowered Nazis. We need all the people. And there was, so now we have, uh, we got them, and we also have Homelander with more power controlling, uh, is it Ashley in the PR group? So now he has more power in this group. And did you just, did you guys just like bust a nut as soon as you saw him with more power? Okay, so uh, <laughs> Ashley, Ashley has no power. Ashley is. A puppet. A puppet, yeah. Like, it's not Elizabeth Shue. The time I busted a nut was the time where <laughs> Ho- Homelander found any amount of milk around him and he would oh, fucking yes. drink it. And then, it, uh, like, the way that that fucking thick white goo went into his throat is. <laughs> Terrible. God damn it. made me do some things, Cassie. That's Terrible. why his eyes are so fucking blue up close. Uh, my yeah. favorite Homelander moment was uh, that we, get, we got Daredevil. Too. This world's Daredevil, and he was awesome. And then <laughs> like, Homelander's and being Marvel's like, like, yeah, Daredevil, right? Let's have Daredevil. Marvel or <laughs> Homelander's being the nicest he's ever been, and then does the cartoonish uh, bo- ear boxing, and it bursts the guy's eardrums, and there's blood everywhere. And then Homelander goes real blonde hair, blue eyes of like, how dare you say there could be a cripple on my team? <laughs> <laughs> By the way. Just to teach his new Elizabeth Shue a lesson, just to teach that lady a lesson about how to like be a Homelander handler, uh, that guy died, right? Yeah. Like, that guy just yeah, fucking oh, for died. Sure. An incredibly painful death. There was so much blood coming out of his ears. Like the ones, one of the few senses he had left, he was like, nope. He, he was so talented. Like, he had yeah. so many yeah. talents. And it's all he gone was, in an instant. He was awesome. But... No good heroes on this show. No, none whatsoever. And uh, what I'm do? Is there anything else you guys are interested for for this season? There is the one thing I will give this show is like it is a weird take on like found family. How our found families are always like a like you know it's the group that like builds you up when you didn't have that. And now we got the found family that's fucking Dewey up more, and you just see him like slowly just being trapped in this family. Like that ending scene, I think he's just like driving away in that van knowing it's a mistake or whatever so yeah. it is a weird take on found family that's just, just a has bummer no options yeah uh, for sure like um the uh when uh butcher was like oh i'm leaving you guys better come with me and they stood next to huey and said no we're all about kamiko that's that's found family as opposed to fucking shit man it hurts me in the chest to talk about this <sighs> homelander saying I said I love you. Now you say it back to me. Like that's not family. That's to not his kid named that... Ryan. Is did that hurt? Because that's how your dad <laughs> yeah. talked to you. <laughs> that, uh, that might have been part of it. I love Ryan. Does the fakest blow off, uh, and he goes, "I should probably go to bed." <laughs> like, that, that kid is acting his balls off. He's like, "Oh well, my God, I don't. Uh, I guess I love you then." Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was. I don't know, like, what are you guys most excited for in this season? Just to have it back, see how fucked up it gets? I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty interested in the deep story because they do feel like they're trying to do a redemption arc, and I want to see if this kind of the, nihilistic show can be that. Me too, I'm there for that. Doesn't, that, um, that sucks ass. Like, they are just completely, like, he, I don't know, if, he doesn't need a redemption arc. He, like, fucked up, like. Well, that's the whole. That's the point of a redemption arc, Cassie. It's not a good person gets better. But it's, it's just like uh, it's going to how a bad person this... learns. It, but he did. He did like run some... into a meeting room and pull his penis out and say, "No, yeah. I'm not." Again, defending him isn't that. But that's where redemption arc comes from. Uh, 
is maybe he learns to be a better person. And Patton Oswalt plays his gills. We should talk about that. And then oh, a- yeah. Annie's position is just like a thriller. And I'm into that. I think the actress is good. And uh, corporate thrill, thrillerness with uh, superpowers, I'm all in just plot wise on that. Ryan, what's, what's bringing you back for this season? I guess it's Huey and Butcher, right? Like, yeah. like, let's get them back together, and that will be okay for me. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I I was so impressed by the fact that, like, these two episodes had, like, what do you guys think? Like, three shocking moments. Like, mm-hmm. at one point, one lady's head blew the fuck off her body. And that was that was rough. But other than that, like, I don't know. I couldn't believe how, like, they weren't like, hey, we're the boys. We're the boys on Amazon Prime. We're going to fucking show you a bunch of crazy shit. It was kind of two good episodes of a drama, I would say. Yeah. I I like that they're calming down. They don't need to prove it anymore. Calming down and just sharing that fresco with the world. Making sure you know about fresca. <laughs> you should drink a fresca. Cool and refreshing. You want fresca? <laughs> We're also sponsored by fresca. Thank you, fresca, for your bountiful replenishment. Oh, my uh, God, you- fresca. You have been so bountiful. I cannot even say it. <laughs> Tell Fresca how bountiful they have been. Well, you guys, The Boys is on Amazon. Are we watching it two two times a week? Two? Or just two one by week? one? Uh, be in my car. We'll see what you do. Yeah, well, you do what you want. But yeah, next week we're all watching episodes three and four for the show. All right. And you guys should do that with Mike and Ryan. You guys will have that special <laughs> moment together. Enjoy that. Uh, coming up next, I'm going to throw it to Ryan in the field. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cassie. I'm standing here on location with Tamkins Wilhoot, who claims that he has seen a movie in a movie theater. Tamkins, my first question, how long do you think this bit will last? Uh, well, we're out here at the beautiful outside on location, and um, I think it's going to last for a long I, I, Can we end it? I don't... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I can't I mean, keep it up. If anybody is still listening... Thank you, because you got to the end of the bit. Yeah, I want to. I want to set the record straight. By the way, I did not see this in a theater. I saw. Oh, it. right. It technically it is a drive-in movie experience. So before we even get to the New Mutants, a movie that you have seen with your eyes, which yeah. is baffling to me because I never thought is it was it? going to happen you, for anyone. You know me. <laughs> You've met me. No, no. Just the fact that anyone has seen it that it oh, actually yeah. came out after um, what I'll, five years. I want to. You haven't, you haven't had the movie theater experience back yet. You're still on hiatus from that. But let's just talk about what it's like to be in a drive-through in 2020. Was it weird? Okay, I've been to a couple of drive-ins at this point, and I have a oh, co- yeah. It's I, drive it. Drive-through is where you yeah. they show you a movie very quickly, and then you drive away. Yeah, that's you, you can only get a quibby in one of those. <laughs> um, but I have been to a couple of drive-ins at this point, and the one that absolutely fucking worked and rocked was I saw a showing of Mad Max Fury Road at a drive-in, and that ruled, and everyone honked their horns and flashed their lights at cool parts, and that, oh, was, fuck. that was great. It's like Rocky Horror for Cars. Exactly. Um, That's I, awesome. It, 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 that made me think we should just bring back drive-ins forever. Um, this movie made me think we should shut down all movies and just not do them anymore. Like, I, Truly, uh, like the movie was bad, but it was also the worst drive-in experience I've had. Where like, you couldn't see shit. Like, it was so dark. Like, I think if we're going to keep doing this, which it seems like we are... 
somebody's got to figure out how to make movies look good on on drive-in screens because some of them are too goddamn dark. Because all movies, all movies will be darker, right? But yes. Fury Road is a big, bright blue daytime movie, so yeah. you you could take a little perfect, more dark. perfect for drive-ins. Yeah, I saw and I saw Palm Springs at a drive-in. Perfect drive-in movie. Very yeah. bright, nice. Uh, this was a bad drive-in movie. What about sound? Is it still like I've when I was a kid, I went to drive-ins where you would have to tune your radio in. Yep. I, is that how it works? Yes, and I thought that that was going to be shittier. It's actually way better. Well, car stereos are a lot better than they that, were. Yeah, that's true. Fifty-five years ago. Yeah, but both of the drive-ins that I've been to had like very good uh, radio station, like I guess like I don't know what the frequencies. I don't know how you do radios, uh, but it sounded great. And you can, if you have a good enough car, it sounds better than if you're at the movie theater. So. I think it's like two frequencies for every six or seven megahertz. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the movie a little bit. Uh, okay. It's probably already gone from theaters, so I don't know who needs this recommendation or lack thereof. But Yeah, they put this who, one right in the Disney vault, didn't they? Uh, me, Mike, and Cassie wanted to cover it on the show, but since you yeah. had already seen it, we figured you should just come back and do it real quick. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Let's start with... I don't even care about the plot. Like, we'll just move on. Let's start yeah. with, like, the results of the delays, the amount of cooks in the kitchen, the amount of fingers in this pie, um, whatever uh, perverted chef analogy you want to use. How, how riddled with that is this movie? It's to such an extent that I, like, what, I went in expecting some of it and was surprised at how much it was. Like, you can, it's almost like you can see on a scene-by-scene, frame-by-frame basis, like, this was shot as, like, a John Hughes with superpowers movie, and this was shot as, we just watched It Chapter One and wanted to make that movie. It's, like, it's so obviously ham-fisted, and none of it connects in any way whatsoever. Is there a chance that if it, what, if the original idea, and who is this, Josh Trank? That sounds from yeah. Um, if the original idea, the original concept was just they just let them make it based on what you could see and what you could filter, could it have been okay? Uh, maybe that's. I think that is the biggest issue with that movie was like it wasn't. It wasn't such a train wreck that I could like have fun with it. It was just kind of like, it was like a. Th- 3.5 or 4 out of 10 movie that like you could tell if it picked like one of three or four lanes it was straddling and really went with any of them like there's a better movie somewhere in there like all of the stuff with magic fucking rules like she's awesome but okay. like magic is a character's name yes man yeah well yes and so if you're especially if you're a uh, a comics reader and you know already that her like superhero name is magic um there's a perfect roll eye moment where uh so like she goes and is about to fight something and someone goes no you can't do that it's magic and she turns around and goes so am i and (laughs) and then teleports and fights a, a demon bear does that take the the crown of greatest X-Men movie line from do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Oh, it's I think they're they're competing they're they're both heavyweights and they're fighting for the title, but I think I think the toad struck by lightning it just is wins a little bit. 
I feel so bad for these screenwriters who were like, maybe they didn't fall in love with that line that they wrote, but they were like, it's, that's pretty good. And then it comes out and it becomes legendarily awful. Like, that's yeah. why they're famous. It's like, oh, fuck. Um, okay, so Magic is clearly, so it's the best character and the best super well, powersies. Yeah, well, best character in that, like, it's fun to watch her do her thing, but also she's just kind of casually racist for most of the movie, which is, is a she big Russian? bummer. She is Russian, um, but she's super racist against the, the Native American character in the the movie, and that's never addressed. That never, like, really goes away. That just is, like, sort of a fact about her character, and then they move on. And I heard that's not in the screenplay. That's just uh, Anya Taylor-Joy's actual personality coming through. Yeah, that's, she really lit loose on this one. Um, well, what about performance? Was there any performance that you're like, I, I'll, I'll watch them in a different movie later? Well, I mean, obviously, we love Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, she's good in pretty much anything she's in. But, like, I right. mean, you could tell that she was even, like, either phoning it in or, like, just trying to find something to latch on to. Like, nothing... I, I, Maisie Williams is, like, okay at acting, but, like, she's doing this voice that is, like, every time she would speak, I'd be like, where the fuck? What's going on? Oh, don't do voices, guys. Don't, it, like... It's, like, such a thick, weird Scottish accent that, like, goes a little bit in and out. It's so... Yeah, no one is really doing their best work here. Um, or maybe some of them are, and that's even more upsetting. Uh, what's his face? Like the older, the older buyer's brother from Stranger Things is here, doing um, maybe the worst Southern accent I've ever heard. See, this is, and that's Sam Guthrie, right? Yes. Um, this is. This comes from a time where when they were creating X Men characters, they would think of a power and they'd be like, I don't know, Scottish. I don't know, Southern. I don't know, yeah. like. Cajun like and that's just that's what their personality was was yeah. Cajun this was also a well I mean it gave us Gambit that's yeah. he's he's the number one most famous X-Men character uh but this was such a bummer to watch also because like my I never got into New Mutants the comics as much so my primary exposure to Sunspot and Cannonball was from uh Jonathan Hickman's run on Avengers where they're okay. just fucking bros who like hang out and party with like aim soldiers and shit and like this was so far rem- like they're just they suck they're sad and boring and they hate everything well, with movies on this level, it seems like they never pick and choose the right things to keep from the comics. Like, yeah. they'll they'll throw away what's important, and then they'll but they'll be like, no, but she has to be Scottish. What what will the fans do if uh, Rain, yeah, is not Scottish? She, um, she's a werewolf. She has to be Scottish. <laughs> she's got to be Scottish. She can't ha- she can't have only one of those things. And then every time you bring in somebody new to work on one of these movies, and this movie had hundreds of levels of that. Uh, it's Jesus. it's it's another level that cares about comic books less. So yeah, and I still to this like I watched the entire movie and I famously pay attention to movies. Um, I have no idea what the like strategy or like reasoning behind like the antagonists of the movie is. Like I don't know who the. It's also a movie that has like six characters maximum no one else is in the movie it's the kids and literally one doctor running this hospital uh which seems like 
a thing that you would do if you had a ten thousand dollar budget to shoot a movie but they had millions and millions and shot it like eight times it's just yeah i mean i'll never see it so yeah no you you don't need to i can't say this for sure but it seemed like the whole point was to do something small and experimental and they just kept losing their nerve in all of these weird ways yeah it just it's such a disappointment it's if it were even like one star level worse, I would recommend everyone go see it because it would be so much fun, but it's just boring and bad. It's like one step worse than like men in black international or whatever, but like with no comic relief. It's been uh, a crazy couple of weeks for you. Pop culture wise. I want to get to something else about new mutants uh, while I have you here. Uh, not only did you get to watch New Mutants, you saw very clearly the best movie of the year, First Cow. But then also, your First 2020... Cow's awful. <laughs> hey, I did not pause for response. I'm I sorry. just filled in your opinion, and then I moved on. Uh, but I got I to gotta point out that the 2020 movie of the year so far for Taylor, um, you, are a, you are a stan, if I'm using that word correctly, for Denis Villeneuve. Listen, I I didn't know that I was until I just looked at one day everything he had directed and went, oh yeah, wait, no, these yeah, are think, all my favorite movies. I think I was there. I think like it was it was after sitting there listening to you go on another a, another ninety minute monologue about Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and I'd already heard you do two others, and so this was a new third one. It's back and in that- the news, baby. It's trending again. Blade Runner twenty forty nine heads will not be kept down. <laughs> I started thinking about. All the other movies that you you would go off on like this, and then I, like, wait a second, there's a connection here. Not only are you is that your favorite director by far, but uh, you're also a big Dune fan. I'm a Dune and, boy, and so uh, a couple days ago is is the greatest movie of the year for you so far. The Dune trailer that came out two days ago, um, absolutely, and specifically at this point, it is actually the edit of that where someone put it to um, my name is Doctor Worm. Um, with the worm coming out of the sand. Um, but overall, um, I love it. I, I think I, I, this movie is my son. Um, and, uh, Timothy Chalamet is here being Timothy Chalamet and I love to hate him. And that's going to be a, a thing I will wrestle with watching this movie. Yeah. I mean, there had to be something that was going to ground you and not make you just fucking love with jizz everywhere yeah. every second of this if movie. you if you just showed me like oscar isaac as duke leto atreides i'm just gonna be like shooting around the room like a like a balloon you've let loose i guess yeah i can't really talk to you about it because you're so you have such a lack of judgment about this particular project i think um other than just to ask like first of all is it besides Chalamet? Is there anything that makes you nervous? Was there anything that you saw that was well, like, oh, I don't know about that? I think the fact that they're making Dune a movie, probably. <laughs> Other than that, I, I was thinking about that. Is this going to be successful? Do you think? And I, it seems too serious and complicated for your Marvel, your MCU. Yeah, well, fans. I mean, define successful because this is coming from the same director who made Blade Runner twenty forty nine, a fucking masterpiece that nobody saw, was a huge box office flop. But then on the flip side, also made Arrival, which was a huge hit, and in the five years since it came out, has gone from a loved movie to 
people say it's one of the greatest of the 2000s. Oh, like, yeah. The stock on that movie has risen more than almost any other movie in the last 10 years. It's, if there, there are two things that I wish I could have bought in stock in. Um, it would be um, the movie Arrival and also um, my tweet that I made uh, making fun of Terry Crews before we all knew that Terry Crews sucked. Um, and those are the two things that I feel like I missed out on. Terry Crews, one of the few actors that is not in Dune. Let's just get that out right now. Yeah. The, the Dune cast is crazy, and I love seeing all the people who are getting really jazzed for it, and me and like people who have read the book having to be like, dude, you're not going to... Zendaya's not going to be in the first movie, bro. She's, oh, really? It's, I mean, she's going to be in part of it, but like that character doesn't come into the, the book until like 500 pages in, really. I actually didn't know until recently that it was a t- this is one of two parts and Denis was like yeah there's Denis no way to like, do it it has to be two parts of course I thought it was one and then but then I was thinking about it and talking to you and other pop filter heads I uh, is two enough no like, <laughs> absolutely with, with a book not like this it's because the book is broken up into three parts and like if you've ever seen the David Lynch Dune movie you know that it just fucking at a certain point you just got a motor you just got to yeah. go like all right and now we're here because that the the fucking book does that the book will just jump over stuff and be like all right they're doing a battle we're not going to talk about the battle let's do a time jump and now we're in a meeting talking about the battle it's like it just goes how do you feel about the Lynch movie um, it's uh, crazy and incomprehensible. There's okay. you you can't make sense of it, um, and it's maybe the best uh, translation of the book Dune that's ever been put to film. People who I, I hate the movie, like I I really do not like it, and people who do like it tell me that I'm just watching it wrong because stupid me, I'm looking for like a coherent adaptation of somebody else's story. And yeah, no, that's that's not what you're gonna get with that. <laughs> and it's clear that at some point Lynch was like either always had this intention or halfway through shooting it came like decided to change gears and just be like this is fucking impossible i'm just gonna do whatever lynch shit i want and then that'll be it yeah it's it's so bizarre the stuff that he decided to keep in and the stuff he decided to cut and the stuff he decided to add like if you if you had to like put down bets on which pieces would be in there you'd be wrong you'd lose so much money well just to tie everything up um I'll ask you this, Taylor, if you had to right now go watch New Mutants again. So New Mutants is about 90 minutes. Dune trailer is about three. Yeah. Would you rather watch New Mutants one more time or the Dune trailer 30 times back to back to back to back to back to back? Um, my most listened to song of, I think, 2018 was uh, uh, Taylor Swift's Look What You Made Me Do 100 times because I listened to it all in one day. So I think you know that the answer is I would just watch the Dune trailer 30 times back to back to back and then keep watching it. It's unfair. Nobody has the the repeat tolerance that you do you can you can do anything in the world over and over and over again if you just if you find yeah. the slightest thing interesting about it if you if you want evidence of that you should subscribe to the your pop filter patreon and go back and read the article i wrote where i made a playlist of 57 covers of the talking heads this must be the place and listen to nothing but those covers for a full week see I, like that's 57 wildly different songs though i'm sure every interpretation was a, a brand new song fewer than you would think well, Tay Tay, thank you so much for uh, coming back on the show. I know that since you left hosting Superhero Show Show, you've listened to every single episode and heard the new host, Cassie. Do you have any advice for her? I, w- I would say um, don't try to have a baby to keep this thing going because it doesn't work. <laughs> okay. I think that's perfect advice. Thanks, Taylor. Bye. Bye. Bye.
thank you, Taylor and Ryan, for that. We are now back for the pool list where we're talking about the other shows we watched this week. And this week, it is only Lucifer. So, on episode four and five of Lucifer, we're taking a lengthy trip back to the 1940s just to learn about Demon Mommy Lilith and her immortality ring, which leads Maze to trying to work through her abandonment issues by finding Mommy Lilith in episode five. Meanwhile, in this episode... Chloe is spending some time away from Lucifer while she works through the whole gift from God thing, which means she's teaming up with Amenadiel and Lucifer partnering up with Dan in order to solve this nun murder case the week. Taste Demons, I ask you, does the power team of Dan and Lucifer make up for the pointlessness of episode four? Wait, hold on. Uh, that's a little presumptuous, right? It, did you guys enjoy this first episode? Is that the part that was presumptuous? Did you like uh, the vibe the, of that? The, the black and white noir episode of lucifer yes you know what yes i did all right ryan like i thought like i know you guys normally love those but did this one like did this one live up to those standards 100 percent. i enjoyed it i thought lucifer did its lucifer take on it but i will to to be on cassie's side say that like this makes more sense for the first three seasons of lucifer and at this point we are like hustling and we know things are ending so it did feel like a weird detour it felt like there had to be a lot going on and like there was no like there was nothing to it. And like I don't know how to explain it besides like I felt the WB lot. Like I felt like exactly <laughs> where they were in this whole Wait, episode. Oh. I know. Okay, so right now this scene is filmed on stage twenty three. <laughs> oh, that one is that that one's filmed on stage forty five. Though it did give us that so that there's the uh uh Chloe is playing uh, a male detective because Trixie's demanding like an equal gender balanced story. So she's making Lucifer change the truth. Uh, but her and Luz- her, that Lucifer from the past, uh, Jack, the detective, is bad at lying. And then Lucifer goes, no, no, no. We are absolutely here for the secret cult ceremony. That made me laugh harder than Lucifer has in a long time when the cult person just straight up says, are you here for the secret cult ceremony? And Jack goes, no. And he goes, no, no. Yes, we are. Obviously. We've forgotten our robes. So I'm just uh, I'm looking for, I don't know soap or a book or oh you're not here for the 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 thing that we have in the back all of the time the the super (laughs) secret cult yeah like that was awesome i don't know i thought that like it was a great job of putting the characters that we know into noir roles and then also having enough to do with the future because maze is not super down with like who raised her you know and yeah I thought it was, like, typically when we get noir episodes like this, which is a lot. It's basically every single show that we watch. <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. never not noir had noir episode. <laughs> but I thought this one was good of, like, uh, let's take a time out. Let's do this. It, it's going to be fun. And then also, it does have ramifications. It just, it, it does have maze. Just, like, I do not know who I am right now. Yeah, but it was, like, it, it just, like, waited until so long to give us that. And it was, like... Do you guys feel the actors, like, pulled off the new war? Like, was there any... Like, some of them just didn't fit for me. Laura German is so weird to me. I do not know if she's great or just hot. I don't that's know. That's Chloe? Yeah, that's, that's Chloe. Yeah. She was selling... Like, she was the one I bought. She was, like, the only one. But, like, she's got that whole thing of, like, slamming the desk and being like, Yeah, I, I'm a detective, see? But everybody else, I think, did a really good job. Yeah, Dan as, like, the lunatic rich, rich person. Yeah. Like, that was very fun. And for uh, him, it's all about the hairdo. Like, if you yeah. ever meet somebody with that hairdo, they're evil, and you should destroy them. 
Yeah, uh, Doctor Linda as the the backstabbing bartender. Yeah, I thought everybody, and especially like the, the, this might be a cop out or not, but it's Lucifer is telling the story. So anytime something came off goofy, I was like, that's how he would tell it. <laughs> like, yeah, you're giving and it some have, credit to have Trixie be like, oh no, I'm a little girl and I want more, and then for her to be just like hustling hardcore. Yeah, yeah, that was a good twist. She's the Trixie she's always been. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, he was like, oh, Precious, like, I didn't even know they had game nights. It was delightful to figure that out. And then it was straight up her just always hustling, always grinding. And I respect her so much for it. There was, um, what did we get of the, I had one question here. Oh, d- how'd you guys feel about the performances in these ones? Because I think that helped to make it like drag on for me. They're big. They're big, and they're, it was fun. Yeah, I, I, it didn't bother me as much as it bothered you at all. It, well, all right, then. I'm glad. That, I just really want to bring that home. That it wasn't for me, you guys. But episode five. No, it's clear. Cassie, you are never subtle when something doesn't jive with you. <laughs> yeah. you. You let Good. the world know. Excellent. But five did give us plot points. Like, five moved things along. And one of the ones that, like, I really thought was cool was when we found out what Lucifer and Amenadil's like powers are and how they're just like mirrors. I thought that was a really cool like mm-hmm. switch up. Yeah, Amenadil has the power to make nuns wet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because he reflects their love of God back at them. Yeah. And then that's also like Lucifer just is a mirror to everyone's desires and that's why everybody loves him. Right, except for Chloe. And then she realizes like, oh, the gift is he can freely love me, and it's my choice to love him back. Which, yeah, I, I thought their take on faith versus free will was handled better than I thought Lucifer could handle it. Right, yeah. Like, I mean, like, this is a show that started on Fox called Lucifer. So Crap, we don't think like it's like, it's going to be great at doing things. But um, we have been, what, for like three weeks, we've been talking about how much we have to deal with nuns. And <laughs> uh, nuns are always not people, right? They're just like... Right. Two-dimensional people who are dedicated to their faith, and that's it. And then watching Amendiel uh, walk into the, this room, be like, and all the nuns be like, "God Ooh. damn it! God damn! Oh, hello, how are you?" I uh. think they straight up like started singing gospel songs to him. Like that is some power. That was unreal. And then one was ready to run away and leave the nunnery. <laughs> and there was a couple of looks that Amendiel gave that was not the character, but the actor. Just like the actor being that hot. Uh, yeah, and also in the black and white one, uh, episode four, uh, he was wearing a hat the whole time, and just yeah. like, for some reason was just like not that hot, you know? He's just like he's just a goofy black dude wearing a hat. But then when we get back to real life in color with him not wearing a hat, all the nuns are like, "Hello, how are Hello. you?" Very I hot. didn't know that I had a vagina. <laughs> was exactly that was a direct quote. If you didn't watch it, that nun straight up said that it's crazy on Netflix right now. Uh, and I, I liked in episode five, uh, Linda has to deal with Maze and Maze's mom issues. But uh, Linda finally, like, guts up and says, I'm not your mother. Go deal with her shit. I don't care that I'm dealing with angels and demons. All of you treat me like garbage. Please go be an adult somewhere else. Like, it was years in the making. And I kind of think that's an awesome scene because uh, we all we all think that we're pretty good at, like, knowing what people's problems are and, like, what's wrong with them. And eventually you just have to say, uh Take a hike, dude. Go, go, go! Solve your problem. You know, like I don't know what to do anymore. And Linda was like, "Maze, I have been through every single thing with you. You should just go do this thing." Yeah, that's a go. character that's growing on me for sure. Is uh, uh is it Linda, the therapist? Doctor uh-huh. Linda. Yeah. Yeah, 
she i'm glad that they're giving her like more time and more growth like she straight up has that whole story of like her kid that she abandoned now they're giving her a lot this season that's the thing i abandoned a kid when i was 14 my uh my current kid is half an angel i do not have the time to deal with whatever (laughs) you're bringing at me right now there's a lot going on in her life and like i know like it's obviously all these characters we come back for and like their relationships together but like do the cases of the week seem exceptionally weak this season like they've always been bad is it always at this level because yeah. i can't i can barely remember what the cases are half the time exactly and next season you won't remember these ones they they, just, they know that they have to like hook people in who want a normal show with the case of the week and they, they i think the show also doesn't care about them so they can do all the fun character stuff because everybody yeah. wants csi colon hell right like yeah. that's but no yeah, like that's I, a good name though <laughs> i think that like netflix figured out that like we're still gonna do it we're still going to have a case every week, but no one cares, and that's how we're going to treat it. You know, like, mm-hmm. we don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody it's just, cares. Like, it's just there. And, like, Ella, I feel most bad for Ella because Ella's like, hey, I want to be a part of, like, the, the character drama. Oh, shit, I also have to go figure out this case. Shit, no one cares about either one of these things. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. she she always gets shifted into the, the actual case, and it sucks because Ella rules. Yeah, she's she's stuck in a bad position. We'll see if they can like switch that up. Hopefully, and, and she then, keeps having sex with dirt bags. Yeah, <laughs> with tattooed penises. Never forget. I bet. Her, I bet her feet also smell like her butt. <laughs> uh, the end of episode five. You guys gave us Chloe and Lucifer actually back together. So do you think? Do you think we actually are going to get a full season with these two together, or will another thing come up? It was weird because they both kissed and then they pulled apart, and then in unison they both said. Your feet smell like your butt. And I don't know I don't know what's gonna happen there, you know? Yeah. It could be a very strong relationship built on that that mutual respect of that. Uh Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week is obviously going to be uh where the first episode that we watched, the the black and white episode, came so close to not singing. Or came so close to singing. Um that Devil Detective theme song, but didn't. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate the strength there that they did not sing the song. Don't go back to the well. Yeah. <laughs> I think did when the title came up, though, were they playing it then? Or was that a different I episode? I think so. I well, think that's the theme song. Then. Yeah, it was just on a like guitar instead of the wow, 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 wow. It's like it an so acoustic. Mike, do you have a moment of the week? Yeah, when Chloe is finally like fine with being a gift from God, she's like, wait. Do I have powers like you two have powers? <laughs> like laser beam hands? Like she, they've explained kind of how their powers are, and she just jumps to straight up like laser beam hands. And I, that look in her, I love that look in her eyes where she's like, "Fuck both of you. You guys are bu- uh, Lucifer, Amendiel. You guys are both assholes. Fuck you forever." But real quick, do I have powers? Like, do I do I do I have a couple of powers? What did I get out of this? There is my mo- I got two moments of the weeks. One's kind of along that line. It's when she finds out that Amenadiel was like blessed the gift of her to her parents, and she has like this panic sit down of, yeah. and then just asks like, "Are you my dad, Amenadiel?" Like <laughs> yeah, she thought he fucked her mom, and he starts laughing, <laughs> which is just the worst response ever, but also the only way to respond to that because that's hilarious. It's how and my then- dad responded. 
<laughs> my other moment of the week is when we see when Lucifer's teaming up with Dan and we're at Dan's desk for so long and we see that he had not one but two live laugh love printouts not actual <laughs> like paintings like he printed out two different live laugh love things online and put it up and in his cubicle one said Dan is trying life. so hard <laughs> oh, yeah. are, are we supposed to be rooting for Dan I don't think I we guess. can ever root for Dan I don't know man yeah. he's trying guys he's trying so hard well, guys, that is all the time we have to talk about Lucifer. Lucifer is on Netflix, and we are watching it two at a time. You should join us. And again, that is it for the pool list. So we have done it. We are to the end of the show, which means it is time to just give those plugs. So, Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Go to yourpopfilter.com. That's where everything we do lives. Throw a slash Amazon on the back of that. Make that your bookmark. That's how you shop at Amazon now, and it hooks us up a bit. Uh, also, go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter if you want to hear all of the delicious cast pens and all sort of other uh, bonus content we put out for you there. And uh, rate this podcast.com slash superhero, and it will let you rate the podcast on a bunch of different places, and that really does help us out a lot. Yeah. And for this week's cast pen, I put Mike and Ryan to the test and let saw like how well they know these shows that we watch and see if they can get it on even bad translations. So it was a fun one. It was a fun little game we played. It was a fun little game. Fun little game indeed. I like that I said that. And Ryan, I'm going to I'm gonna pass a big one to you. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. You ready for these other shows? <laughs> God damn it. Fucking yeah. Let's f- fuck. Yeah, let's do it. You know what? Mike, so, can you tell me about movie of the year? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I'm ready. So movie of the year. It's so weird. He said, let's do it. And then his eyes looked more dead than I've ever seen from a living person. I thought I'm, we try- actually... I'm trying to work on that thing where I make my eyes go full white. Did I yeah, do that? Yeah, it came close and it was disturbing. I'm sorry. Uh, movie of the year is the show that we have where we try to determine what is the single greatest movie of any given year. Superhero Show Show is the show that you're listening to right now. That would be awesome if you uh, subscribed to that and rated that. And then the other ones are the OCD, where Mike was yep. all like, hey, what's up, Ryan? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to trick you into talking about the OC, but what I'm actually going to do is like make you realize what a fucking piece of shit you are. And that's what we go through on the every single episode. <laughs> And then the Unnatural uh, 20s, which is basically the same show. We do that same thing. It's just what we love to do and how we spend our time. Uh, I think we're also doing that on social media. Mike, how can they f- people find us on social media? At your pop filter on Twitter, on Instagram. Hit us up there. Let us know, either with pictures or with words, how you think Ryan is a piece of shit. Let us know. <laughs> Let us know. If you- I love it. Want to know if you want to email us about how Ryan sucks and how his singing sucks, or you know, if we how great me and Mike are, we have an email, it's contact at your pop filter. And next week, we are going to see just how great or how bad Ryan does, so be sure to see that. It's a big episode. We also got we're giving away the biggest shushy, which is for show of the year, and of course, I know I can't believe it. We're going to be ending it, and you know, we got to talk about them boys and the boys of Mike and Ryan, so. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For me, I am me. And for Ryan, I am Cassie. Bye, everyone. Bye.